It's you and me. I'm Mouse. We're I'm together. Mom, down in San Diego with the kids and the family and the whole life at home. Who are you? I'm Weens, and I guess I have to qualify myself every time. No, as I'm I a single person in LA. Well, what, but what you... if I want to change? What if yeah. I want to be like a? I'm a boister. I'm going to pick out something else that I am. Okay. A, um, I'm a real. Uh, Magna cum laude. laude? <laughs> I'm a real magnet. A magnate? I'm a real. You're Magneto. I'm a real vixen. Huh? Who? You're Magneto, what? one of those uh, Avenger yeah. guys or whatever. Yes. What are they? X Men. Sorry. Yes. Oh, we. A couple of nerds just squirmed. Um, I know. Hi. <laughs> Squirming nerds. That was the name of my band in high school. Um, how my love are life. you? Are you like loving your work-free life right now is this great i do enjoy it yeah i'm now off a show that was completely all-consuming of all brain space and hours of the day and now it's done so it's a weird shift where you're not quite or at least i'll speak for myself but this seems to be common but you don't quite know it to all of a sudden you just have all this free time so it feels like i guess you're Probably being in school and then having a summer break where you're like, I'm going to get all these things done. And then you're just like, oh, I want to sleep in. Right. And I want to stick around and I right. want to just not do anything. And you feel like you're, uh, you can do whatever you want. That's it's a great break. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've had, but it's good. this was Friday and we're back to Friday. So you've had a full week. This is a full seven day week. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. maybe Monday could be your like next stage of yeah okay i'm kicking in full gear into a project or whatever what what do you have in mind what do you want to do it's exciting i met with the friend producer and we talked about the my uh musical rock musical called garden girl and i think it's good because originally we were gonna get the money and produce it and now she said the production value she you know thinks that it needs to be much more money for the production value. So we're going to see if another theater who's really established in Pasadena, she's going to show it to them and try to get them to produce it, which is great. It's amazing. It's called Boston something. I don't even know and I haven't looked it up. Boston. It sounded like Boston Globe in Pasadena, but it's some kind of theater that sounds like that. Oh, neat. Okay. I'm I'm a blasphemous theater person. (laughs) I don't know all the other people would know and I don't. You know the um, San Diego theater scene better. I would assume, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're I just, just have been working a lot here and haven't gone and done much of anything yeah. since living in LA. I haven't gone out and anyway. You've seen some things. Like you showed me around, you know, like some of the comedy places and Yeah, there's more comedy here is yeah. what I've uh, explored. But anyway, so that is good. I met with her yesterday in beautiful Excellent. Santa Monica at a beautiful place called Casa del Mar. Ooh. Hotel, nice. which is right by Shutters. Oh, it's yeah, right yeah. Next door. It has the big grand double staircase in the front or something. Right? So cool. We yeah. actually shot years ago, six years ago, maybe the film Just Go With It. And we filmed a scene there. Mm. And that's how I discovered it. That was the Adam Sandler movie. And it was lovely. Yay. And ever since then, I loved it. What scene in the movie was it there? 
Jennifer Aniston was there and Sandler was there and they walk up the staircase and I don't remember the movie at all. They have a meet and greet in the little lobby area for this. So I can't remember what the scene... Oh, I think they just run into each other. Hmm. Yep. Cool. Real informative. But... um, (laughs) I love that. Area. I love that. Yeah, we went there for Christmas parties at Shutters. There's a company that Dave is working with, and they threw really big Christmas parties every year at Shutters, which is right next door. So we'd always start there for a drink, and then walk across the way, and then we'd stay in one of the rooms and wake up in the morning, have breakfast by the beach. It's gorgeous. Yeah, really pretty. And I hate to talk smack, but I think it's I'm I'm coming to terms with when you're actually hurting someone and when it's just like. A celebrity being an asshole, but I guess Gary Busey hangs out at Shutters all the time, oh. and he's he claims his one bar stool, but he'll get really messed up and like fall off the, and he's gotten kicked out of there a lot, oh, no. and he'll just start ranting weird things like "I'll rip out your endocrine system," <laughs> and they'll be like "Gary, out of here!" <laughs> oh wait a second, and I do have a Gary Busey. He came over to that's weird. He came over to the Casa Del Mar when we were filming the Adam Sandler movie, oh and he was God. hanging out with Sandler because they all, like Sandler and all of his buddies, would sit around the monitor, and they always have one TV screen is playing sports, mm-hmm. like basketball. He loves basketball, so we'd always have to have a basketball court nearby. But they always played basketball on one of the monitors, and then they watch what's being filmed on another film monitor. And then Busey one day was just hanging out. I remember I was like, "Is that Gary Busey?" And then Sandler at some was just like, oh, you could tell everyone was just like, oh, Busey. Like, he just hangs out all the time. I'm like, all right, hi, okay. Anyway, we're trying to oh, film a, uh, you know, $100 million dollar movie here. Can you please? <laughs> <laughs> like, See, in my head, he I get him crossed over with um, Nick Nolte's. Nick Nolte. Uh, yes. Picture when he got put in jail. Just Brillo pad, ranting lunatics. Yeah, wow. Yeah. There is something anyway. about that, right? The wild side that makes you an actor, maybe. There's a lot of characters yeah. out there. I mean, yeah, you're always, it's the Tom Waits, like, who's that real dirty barfly that we can have that is kind of, <laughs> who's that nut job? Yeah, they're always like the barfly lunatic or... Right. Oh my gosh. How was it working with Jennifer Aniston? Did you ever get to talk with her or any? She seemed really sweet. And I've only heard that she's really sweet. I mean, you don't, you're kind of not supposed to be super personal. I don't know. Mm -hmm. For me, at least, I try not to. Because it's just imagine if you're a star and a hundred people on the crew are trying to be friends with you. Yeah, you just know how to work. So you're eating a banana, huh? (laughs) It's just like, what are you going to talk about? Unless you have something to talk about that's job related, it feels like it's kind of invasive. You're just like trying to rub elbows. So I just don't unless it's natural. And sometimes it's not natural, you know. (laughs) Like Sandler was cool. I like chatting with him because I love him. But she was sort of this... She was in the height of all the Brad Pitt stuff. I think she was married to him oh, wow. at the time, but like the next movie she did, they were getting into. But she was super high profile, so yeah. Every time we went anywhere, that they we had to actually put up tennis screens, things that you would have on a tennis court. Right. Oh. You have a company come and install those and put a green fence around everything that you do in public. Oh my gosh! Wow. Because there were paparazzi everywhere. It was yeah. Crazy. I'm sure. 
You said, yeah, so, shots would get ruined by helicopters and stuff like that. There were people hiding in, in trees. We were, like, we did a scene in Beverly Hills. I think it was on Wilshire, but in a nicer part. And so you couldn't, we do that fencing, but then paparazzi would either pay people to go in their second stories or on their roofs. Oh or God. they would just climb up in the easements, like the city property. They'd be in a tree. Ugh. with cam- and all you do is you see these weird flashing cameras and so oh my god and you can't do anything because you're in a public space or how does it what do they do yeah like legally you, they do have rights because it's city property mm-hmm. so this happened when I was on the Runaways movie with Kristen what's her name oh yeah um, right Kristen you know who's the Twilight yeah Kristen I want to say Kristen Stewart Johnson, right mom. Stewart yeah so she was at the height of her Twilight stuff in that movie, and paparazzi were everywhere. And they oh. would, if she was walking, like we're in a back alley downtown, and they would, paparazzi was like right in her face. And one of the PAs, production assistants, mm-hmm. they're young and they were like trying to protect her. Their job is to like walk the stars from their trailer to the set. Mm-hmm. And this one kid or something, I think he got an altercation because he was like, don't get out of here and he like pushed him and then that guy's like I will sue you 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 mm. know this is public property and then I think it may have turned into a lawsuit because they like if you know you hear the stories of Sean Penn punching him or right. pouring water on their camera and they actually do come back and sue because you can't oh. if you're in public it's kind of right. you're on your own you That's know so crazy yeah I crazy. can't imagine was Robert Pat- Pattinson was that his name in the Mm-mm. In that stage, she was solo or with him? Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm so. I, you I'm don't care about person. this. That's good. You're normal. I don't know why I've gotten caught up in caring about some of these things. But yeah, I think when you're just in the little suburbs, you kind of see the stories and go, oh, that's interesting. And yeah. end, up, end up following along. I don't know. It's like a little that's soap cool. opera. Stupid, Yay. though, when you think about it. Um, because then she took up with the director who was married. Do you remember that story? I think it was right after that. Yeah. I oh, remember okay. that where she is a lot. He was a lot older and. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe, I don't care about this. Yeah, I know. All right. Sorry. All done. Sorry. <laughs> no, no I just right. wanted. Actually, I wanted you to get to the um, the Jennifer Aniston in a white dress story because I remember oh. you, you texted me and you're like, Joelle, I'm standing right behind Jennifer Aniston. Oh, she has a. Well, I don't want to say bad things, but whatever. She's no, she has. I'm sure she can handle it. Yeah, no. What? Let's just keep it a real flat general. butt like us. Yeah. We've so, got the Indian, the, what I used to think was a Native American flat ass, <laughs> but apparently I took that DNA test. We have no Native American in us. But, yep. But my that, friend. That, those DNS. <laughs> Go ahead. My friend calls it a German pancake ass. Because she's in yeah. like, oh, maybe it's a German thing because we were half German. Or as my personal trainer said in Jersey City, ooh, you an apple. You're not a pear. You an apple. <laughs> Everything's skinny on the bottom and big in the middle. You an apple. <laughs> yeah, I loved your description of I'm an egg with little legs, like one of those ceramic Easter eggs. <laughs> eggs it was a, yeah, just an egg with two little chicken legs coming out. Seriously. But, uh, yeah, the flat butt, you know, hey, it's nice. Jennifer <laughs> Aniston is one of us. That's right. The stars are just like, like to us. consider her a part of the family. Right. And uh, yes, invite- there's probably a reason for that in nature. Like maybe 
if you're running away from the cheetah or something and the you just duck your head down and the cheetah will go across you and slide down like a slope down the rear end off the leg and continue like a <laughs> ski slope, right? See, I was thinking it was um, so many years of being chased by cheetahs and you learn to tuck your mm. butt in. So oh, yeah. genetically over time, it's changed and evolved to those with flat asses don't get uh, grabbed onto by their ass by a cheetah. Oh, so, you very know, good. I liked it. Survival of the fittest, flattest ass. Flattest right? and the fittest. <laughs> yes. Tell me, okay, I'm going to quiz you. What is something that has happened this week that made you appreciate your life? Go. Ah. I do this all the time. It's really pressureful. I know it is. Well, we went to a concert last night, and there was a lot of um, odorous smells, and I was very wasn't happy. coming from the mouse pits, which are also <laughs> very smelly. I'll just say I was happy that I have a functioning shower and deodorant and time to scrub a dub and and be pretty because yeah, we went to a uh, wait. Is it all from weed? No, it was like body odor and just like dirty oh, really? smells, like people that haven't changed their clothes. But wait, it's days. a reggae fest. Yeah, it was a reggae just concert, the belly up. It was really, oh. really cool. It was Stephen Marley, who I think is Bob Marley's second born son. Yeah. And he's like the only one that like really sounds like him. And uh. oh, it was so good. He did some covers of his dad's stuff and like, you just close your eyes and you're like, I'm at a Bob Marley concert. This is Bob Marley. Wow. This is what it's like. It was so cool. I heard they're very nice people. The whole family. It really seemed nice. like it. I mean, it was yeah. just like Rastafari and one love, one planet. And it's just super cool. Except my husband, um, we had our drinks. We had our IPAs, right? We were drinking our beers and um, some girl. <laughs> this is why it's super crowded there. And this girl and guy, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend kind of nudge past him and he's got his like personal space issues he does not like mm -hmm. crowds he does not like traffic he like gets angry yeah. real quick and they push past him and um i think bumped his beer or something didn't say sorry stood right in front of him kind of off to the side but still he was like dude all right whatever and and then they were talking and the friends we were with, they're kind of loud. So everybody was like, wah, 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 talking. And the girl turned around with the guy and they were like, shh, can you be quiet? And we're like, oh my God, we're at a concert. This is like, you got into you our space. You were talking? Yeah. They told you to be quiet? I wasn't talking. I was off to the side. I didn't really even know this was happening. But they thought it was you. So yeah. They or no, they, you? they were telling Kelly is one of the girls and Mike uh -huh. is the other girl, oh, the other, girl, the other guy. Yeah, that we were there with them, and so they were all talking. Dave was talking with them, and it was, like, too loud, and they turned around and said something. So Dave, like, did a little shut the F up, and, uh, yeah, and then it was like, what'd you say? What'd you say to my girlfriend? And it was like, Ugh. dude, yeah, like, you just need to apologize. Like, we're here first, and this whole stupid thing, and I didn't know what was going on. I'm watching this thing happen off to the side, and here we are, one love. <laughs> Oh, and it's like, no. fuck you, you're in my space. So wow. then he realized, he apologized, and he's like, yeah, I was a little drunk, and I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. So he owned mm -hmm. it. Dave owned it, which is a lot for him. But to... the other guy didn't own it, did he? Did yeah, he... they said sorry, too. I think it was oh. all good in the end. And oh, everyone left each love. other. Alone. I know. It was so dumb, It though. worked. 
I'm like, this is so What weird. if Steve and Marley stopped? Eh, please. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Oh. Plink your beers and That happens along. so much. I've been with a couple of friends who... That happens at concerts, and I don't. I don't remember that ever happening when we were kids. Everyone right. would just bump each other, and everyone's. Rah, well, we were all the punk shows. We would just jump in the mosh yeah, pit, and it I was guess expected. That's what it is. Yeah, this is no. like the adult. Oh, oh god! Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then the guy that opened for him was named Ginger Root, and he was this ginger, he, long <laughs> red hair, and they were all dreadlocks. I mean, huge long dreadlocks. So he was Ginger Root. It was really oh, cute. Oh my god! Yeah. But um, that yeah, is so we cute. Fun. It was good. And who wanted to go there? Both of you? It was nice. The Lanes bought us uh, tickets um, for Christmas. Each Christmas, they like to do an mm. event, like a gift that's a experience. So yeah, I like so that. We, we did that. Yeah, it was super fun. We all got babysitters and. God, we, it's probably been so long that you went to a concert, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, I can't even think of the last one I've been to. Yeah, what mm-hmm. about you? Cool Have you, been to, you do tons of music stuff, right? When you have downtime? Not as much. Like, I just don't have it in me to... It's real hard to find something that is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Some people still... I have friends that are my age and still go to concerts a lot. And I don't yeah. have it in me to sit and watch someone for an hour and a half. Right. It would either have to be a real intimate space where there's not a lot of people... Mm-hmm. And then, or the band is so amazing that I wouldn't want to miss them. But there's only a few bands that I care about now. Like True. If Operation Ivy got back together or something, oh, really? that would be great. Yeah, things like that that are real. I went to Jawbreaker with my friend who loves them. Oh, they're good. It was like, ah, yeah. I don't know. I just am not excited about a, if it were the Blue Man Group or something that was really experiential with mm-hmm. another band that's like doing lights and flair and. But right. it's hard to just sit through a whole show for me. Right. Because I've been maybe to so many concerts in my life. I don't know. Or maybe mm-hmm. nothing p- pizzazzes me anymore. <laughs> Stop pizzazzing like a dead me. knitting circle person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'd rather pop the album in and listen to it at home or in my car or something. Because, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, those days are kind of over. But every once in a while, you're right. Same thing. We'd want to play the music. It'd be great if... Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, actually, you know what I wanted to start doing was taking the kids to concerts because, like, you know, the 13 year old is really into hip hop and rap, but I'm like, you know, there's so is much he? more out there. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. He loves that. All the um, kids, are there any kids that aren't into hip hop and rap that are that age? It seems yeah, really rare. I think so. We have friends that their boys started a band together. The brothers started a little band. And so they like all the old stuff, like Rolling Stones and all the rock mm-hmm. and things like that. I Elliot's think you guys would have had to really influence them with your music, right? Yeah, I guess. Just like, let I don't know. Yeah. And for me, I like a quiet house. So when they're all home, there's, there's so much noise from just my kids. So if I add music to that, it just sounds like this cacophony of madness. I just hate it. Yes. It drives me crazy. So I never play music um, at home. So they're not. We didn't have a lot of music growing up either. Sorry, I cut you off. We didn't really, yeah, elementary school, maybe not, but when I was really little, I mean, we were always playing records. I mean, mom and dad were only 22, 23, so they were still, like, spinning the records. We had John Denver and Gordon Lightfoot and all that, and Christmas records, Christmas music was always on. But But it wasn't year-round. It was probably special occasion, right? Right, yeah, exactly that, yeah. Or I think there's some houses that all the time. Right, exactly. 
yeah, I think they would rather get on the piano and guitar themselves, and then we'd all play and sing and that really? kind of thing. Really? Yeah. Aww. Remember all our campfires out back? and and I don't remember any of this. Well, you were too little. This was all at the ranch when we were in Danville. Do you, uh, were those good times? Yeah. I mean, I was little, too. We moved out of there when I was four or so. No, five. But, yeah. It's just flashes of memories, but I do remember lots of music and, yeah. And then we have I our think it was album. fun there. I think it was happy. Yeah, yeah, it was good. No, I I loved our childhood. I thought we had a fun yeah. childhood. Just like when I got Me to high too. school, then it got a little rough, but that's it. Yeah, why is that? Was it because parents were yeah, getting rough? Or I was it because so. high school was just rough? I didn't think high school was rough. I thought it was just more the parent stuff. But I loved high wow. school. I made all my fun friends and just had a good time trying to get the grades with and doing goofy stuff without getting caught and and it all worked out yeah Ugh, I, I hated high school hated see, it see that's sad but do you think it was a, because of what was going on at home or was it really high school and the people in high school uh probably home because it started in eighth grade for me seventh okay. and eighth grade and i think that's when things were rough so yeah. it just kind of bled into i don't know i don't want to put blame sorry I mean, mom yeah but... nobody's fault it's just how life is but yeah, yeah, I think it just, yeah, everything got, was up in arms at that time. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Given a really happy home life, would I have still gone down that road and hung out with the same people and moved out early and gone to Berkeley? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But part of me is really grateful for all of that happening because if you look at the good stuff, it was like, oh, I got a whole different life experience. Mm-hmm. I got out of San Ramon, which was kind of boring to me. And went to Berkeley and met all these really interesting artists and musicians. And so there's a lot of really cool, positive things that happen. Totally. So instead of like looking at the negative, crazy part, I can look at, no, I learned how to kind of survive in the world at an early age and right. met really cool people. And I sort of, I remember wanting, I was excited to leave our suburban area. Like I was kind of bored. Yeah. I think, or it was just crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, I think that's only natural. When you're that age, you want autonomy and your own control and your own life. You're seeking independence. And so that's the natural path. Um, But then the big picture, do you think you would ever end up back in a suburban area and get a house and do that whole thing? Or do you just, you need the action of our artsy community, right? Uh, I think now it would be hard to go back to a suburban area, especially if you don't have kids or when I go to quiet, there is something nice about having a quiet street, Mm -hmm. but not so crammed in next to people that, right. I don't know. Like I couldn't imagine buying a house that's right next to someone else. Right. You've got renting and yeah, you're in a perfect situation where you're in a good spot, nice area, but walkable to all the cool little hot spots yeah so yeah you're you found your niche that's good i like it but i also like i mean you guys have a perfect situation where you are not right next to anybody you have a big yard you're in nature like that's ideal yeah to be you could do anything you want with your yard you're fixing up your own place i know i do like it i like the space but well fun um what are you doing today anything exciting i am going to work on I'm creating this little a spiritual group on 
Saturday mornings at 7 where people will come and I will create a meditation for 15 minutes and then some nice reading and we can burn incense and it's at like a local place in, in Atwater Village. Nice. So I'm going to create the meeting structure and then I'm going to do my play and send that off to her with all the songs attached and I might work out some of the songs with uh, Guitar Dan because oh. he's... So good. I know. What do you think? We should insert a couple of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We ended this up is... riffing on Mouse and Ween's funny, like, cover songs. The littlest who in who. That's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're a mean one. Mouse and Ween's. You really are a you record your silly podcast and tell your little tales, Mouse and Ween. You're a rotten black banana with a greasy peel. That's great. You just come up with that. I don't know how you have so many songs in your brain. It's amazing. I can just say anything and you know it. I'm going to give you a hard one. Ready? Look, Lose Yourself came up. I said world best songs and lose your... We have to do it. Sweaty, her knees are weak, her arms are heavy. There's vomit on her sweater already. Ween spaghetti, she's nervous, but on the surface, she looks calm and ready to drop bombs. She's farting and she keeps on forgetting what she wrote down. The whole crowd grows so loud. Ween's opens her mouth, but the words won't come out. She's choking out. Everybody's choking now. The clocks run up, time's up. Ween's and mouse are now. You better lose your mouse and your wings in the moment you own it. You better never let it go. So flippin' talented. That's what I was saying. You've, you've got this ability to find the harmony in any little songy situation. You've got such a good brain for that and knack, and your voice is amazing. And oh my then gosh. Crazy, Whoa, thank you. Dan, yeah. And then your buddy is like a savant. A savant, on the guitar. yeah. He He's 26. Every song. You could tell him, like, Rogers and Hammerstein, Sound of Music, uh, yeah. Second song, and he'll be like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. not with his mouth, but with the guitar. And it's like he doesn't mess up. He knows where the notes yeah. are and instantly finds the tune. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Has he ever thought to do anything more than cafe gigs and stuff? Like, what else is his? 
What's his story? I think he'd love to. You know, it's like anyone else who's in LA, they move here to hopefully get their song on the radio, or not radio, but in television or whatever, or have, you know, some kind of paid gigs. Do people hire him to do any commercially kind of stuff? No, it is. It's been one of those things that it's really hard to figure out how to get into it. I think you either have that personality that's like, I will do anything and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to hit it hard every day. Right. And I'll call these people and I'll, but you can also be like kind of frustrated and bummed out and not know how to self promote very well. Right. Those are the people that need the managers and the agents and. Yeah. And right. I'm one of those, like I'm terrible with self promotion and mm. I get it. And yeah. it's really hard when you're, in the creative brain to force yourself to it's like taking care of yourself as your own business manager, but you shift. I don't know. I just think yeah. you're better at, but I guess that's what you, well, would you ever consider doing some like American Idol type of thing where it's like a contest and cause I mean, he stands out. He's so good. Really? Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Cause I can't, I have no perspective anymore. Cause I'm just used to playing with him. But yeah, he's great. Yeah. So how would you, I don't know. Yeah, let's play. If anybody knows play. some connections with guitar and getting a, a really good guitarist out there, let us know. <laughs> he's like, he's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But He is amazing. And I guess it's just getting in. I'm sure it'll hit one of these days if you just keep doing it. Yeah. I always have faith in preparation. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So if you're mm-hmm. really, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah practicing knowing your stuff and then being in the right place at the right time yeah he he seems like the type where the cafe gigs are awesome or if anyone can throw out a song and be like hey play this and he can do it so i don't know what that is like a wedding or church that's lame i don't know anyway yeah yeah it'll be neat to see what happens he's awesome and i wanted to help get him out there too it's 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 uh Difficult, and I had my last guys who I was in the band with from Pigeon Lab, it was called, in San Diego. But they called me knowing that I was working on the film stuff, and they're like, how do you get your songs onto films? Mm. And I was like, actually, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know. So then I called Lyle Workman, who is amazing. He does all the soundtracks for Super... What's his name? Judd Apatow. And he does... He got his break on Donnie Darko. And I was asking him, I'm like, how do you get... Oh, wait a second, I'm wrong. Sorry, he was on... Donnie Darko was Mike Andrews, who's another friend of a friend. Mike Andrews turned into a huge composer. Lyle Workman turned into a huge composer. His gig was one of those small films that went big, like Juno. Mm. It was one of those that was kind of indie. And then it went really big, and then now your career is super established because... You know what I mean? Right, yeah. You get your your name on one good movie and then boom. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people get in. My other friend, who's more Ross's friend, but Destin Cretton, 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 he, he was just a dude who used to hang out and film stuff in San Diego with us. And he would bring Ross, my friend, projects to help with sound and stuff. And he ended up directing a short called Short Term 12, short film. Mm-hmm. and it got some attention from the Oscars. Like, he submitted it, it circled around the indie film thing, and then they gave him his big break, which was shooting 
the Glass Castle with Woody Harrelson and Naomi no Watts. And yeah. And he was like our buddy. We used to go show up and I would call him to help me do like neurocrine gigs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be That's like, would you help me shoot this thing? Wow. And uh, it's just so great. But a lot of it is when you're in the world of the indie thing that flips into something bigger. Right. Wow. And that was kind of what Lyle Workman told me. He's like, I got lucky. But you also have to kind of be out there. That's what I told my buddies and even Guitar Dan, whose name is Dan Mahoney. We should say his real name. Yeah. <laughs> but like maybe show up at UCLA grad students who are doing their films and right. try to get in with kind of a little higher level projects enough to hope for that. Right. Okay. So... Yeah, just saying yes to everything, putting your stuff out there as much as you can, huh? But then you can also say yes to a lot. This is the balance, because if you keep saying yes to shit that doesn't pay you all the time, which is I got kind of trapped in that, then people start coming to you for free. Right. Now you're spending a week on a, like I shot a bunch of Gogo Bordello stuff, and I did not get paid for any of it. And with the celebrating David Bowie, like at some point, I think you have to kind of go, hey, I... I'm worth getting this amount if you can afford it. And if they can't, they can't. Sometimes they really can't. Yeah. But you got to set your own boundary for what you could do or not. And sometimes it's worth doing it for free and it turns into something. Yeah. Well, that's good. And then your play, you can probably sell it, make some money off that. Or what do you think will happen with that? I would love to give it, hand it off. And if they pick it up and want to do it, that's fantastic. And I'll get a writer credit and get paid as a writer. I see. Okay. Wow. Very cool. Yay! I'm excited for you. I love this. Well, keep me in the loop of um, all these fun projects. But I want to hear, what are you doing with your day? Mm, what does my day look like? Well, I'm editing some episodes together, finally. So you I, learned how to edit. What do you I think? Did. I'm so I'm excited about that. Adobe Audition, uh, if anyone cares. Uh, but yeah, it's super fun. It's like learning a whole new... Well, coming from graphic design, the whole Adobe suite, you know, there's Photoshop and all that. So I know how to work in those environments. But this is sound. This is so different. And I also learned that Adobe um, Premiere for our little dumb movie we did over the summer <laughs> with the boys, our alien mm -hmm. movie. And it's really, yeah, it's fun. It's neat. Just watching different tutorials and figuring stuff out and watching you. You were the first one that showed me how to do this stuff. So, um, so now it feels like, it, like you got it. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. I'm sure I'm doing it the long way. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of shortcuts I don't know. But I don't know. I think it's working You're doing out. it. But um, yeah, it's fun. I like learning new skills. It's exciting. Like I get excited to sit down and do it. Can't believe I'm saying that, but um, it's great. No, it is exciting. You have control yeah. over something and to put music in, and it's right. really fun. Yeah, and then the other days this week that I couldn't edit, I was in the school garden doing our lessons. So we had like six classes. I had to reschedule a ton because of the rains. So it was just a lot of back-to-back -back lessons, but um. We're doing a whole unit on soil, and so the kids are digging for worms. They're learning about compost. We're talking about recycling, and we're doing soil tests. So we're taking chunks of soil from different areas and testing them for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and learning about pH and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's really cool. It's a it's a whole like kind of agricultural thing mixed with nutrition and science. So mm. it's cool. It's a good. Um, 
brain thing for me to always keep that science side going. And, and this might turn into a job job, right? They're thinking about we're hoping, making you an employee. Yeah. Well, and That's awesome. Yeah, I hope it turns into a, a job because I do have the itch to get the paycheck like we talked about. And I've been looking at, you know, part-time jobs at the local nurseries because I still want to work with plants and gardening and I want to learn more, um, but I want a paycheck. So if we can blend that with the school garden, that'd be great. It really does need like someone to lead it and it is yeah. a true position. It's like you're creating curriculum and coordinating all the teachers and all the students there's 850 kids at the school wow. and I'm teaching all those kids um you know four different major lessons and each lesson has three different centers so it's like they're learning 12 lessons every year mm-hmm. of something gardening and nutrition and science so yeah there's a lot going on with that and it's cool mm-hmm. I love it I just yeah I'm getting a little bit burnt out knowing I could be spending my time doing stuff for money so yeah yeah and there's also something i remember reading it was a spiritual dude like deepak chopra someone like that (laughs) but it was no it was marianne williamson have you ever heard her book return to love she's running for president by the way marianne williamson she's super cool had a very she has the quote that says like you know if you shine as a child does then people around you will also I don't know. There's a famous quote she does. Great. We'll insert that. I'll, I'll insert it. Oh, no. What's happening? <laughs> I'm watching just you just talk yourself in a circle. I'll find it. We'll do a little fact check. Fact check. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. From Marianne Williamson from A Return to Love. Okay, and it's a beautiful quote, but point you should be paid for your placing value on yourself and it's not that holy to be like i'll just keep showing up for free and justifying it like you should be paid for what you feel you deserve to be paid for this is very profound what do you think yeah i think well first of all i can barely hear you i don't know if you fell into your coats or something but you got i fell into a hole my whole conversation went down into a deep spiral did you hear it happening you could hear (laughs) the derailing no, no. down a drain. But literally, like your volume, I can barely hear you right now. You're very muffled. Why? I don't know. That was loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, there's a balance. So I've given many years of straight up volunteer work, and now I need the balance of not doing all volunteer stuff all the time. So that's it. Yeah, I agree. Good Marianne. Hooray! Yeah, so we'll see. I hope it turns into a thing. We're trying to get the whole school district caught up to where like the Encinitas School District is, even the San Diego Unified School District. Um, they all have garden programs. They pay their coordinators. Um, and then, of course, you see Santa Cruz, well, the whole Santa Cruz area, Berkeley. All the California areas seem to have gardening as a big part of the school curriculum. So we're trying to catch Ooh. up over here in Poway. And we already do the garden to plate. We you know, harvest stuff and we put it in the cafeteria. Everything goes, not everything, but a lot of stuff goes to the salad bar. And if it's not going to the salad bar, we eat it in the garden during the lessons and we learn about the nutrition and, and that's a huge component. And that, um, you know, helps the teachers 
teach it's actually considered PE you know it's physical education nutrition so um yeah it's so cool it's a very great I mean there's I think finally we're really caring about nutrition my friend Barbara Cole does her whole program is called lean and green kids and her whole mission is to get she's vegan but it's to get vegetarian uh I'll say plant-based meals into school lunches yeah yeah, and that's great. to have a meat alternative, to have beans as protein instead of meat. And right. she's doing really well. She's over in, she lives in Oceanside, but yeah. now she'll fly up to Sacramento and she's getting it implemented in a bunch of schools. See, I need to talk with her and figure yeah. something out because we're kind of, yeah, doing similar tracks of, of trying to change the school system and the way of thinking. We're trying to bring in a big recycling center so that school lunches, you know, all the milk cartons, where do they go? And we can take all the banana peels and stuff like that and put them in this big worm bin and we do vermicomposting. So we're trying to get that up and running. And yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's so curve. fascinating but for yeah, kids too. Yeah. Just to have this, it will forever be in your blood and totally. body to know how to do this. And we might be moving into a culture of we need to learn how to farm for ourselves as right. we're outsourcing all of our farming well yeah and it's scary to think that all these farms are so corporate and then there's like the seed issue monsanto monsanto the worst company in the whole entire universe they're they are trying to put a patent on every seed mm -hmm. that is being seeded that turns into fruit i mean they're they're basically running little farmers out so they can own all plants and vegetables basically that you grow right and putting a patent on them it is Terrible kind of crazy. Company. So yeah, there's a huge effort to do these seed libraries. I've been to a few of them where people go and trade seeds and they need to be kind of like heirloom seeds, like seeds that you know where you got them from. So if you can kind of trace it back and be like, oh yeah, these are from the tomatoes that my grandmother grew in her little yard in New Jersey around the turn of the century and we've just kept them going, then that's fine. You can use your heirloom seeds. So yeah, it's important to really try to grow a lot of heirloom things. Because like, keep your own seeds. Seriously, yeah. this is a big, otherwise I'd cut you off. Sorry. But yeah, they are trying to put a patent on mm-hmm. seeds. And they will somehow, if your seed blows over, this happened to a guy who was an old farmer. And his seeds, you know, they blow over the fence. So mm-hmm. now they blew over into the property of the Monsanto guys because they're trying to buy up all this land and whatever. And now that seed has become a hybrid with the other one. So therefore they claimed it was theirs and oh ran this guy's farm out. Like wow. that's what he's been doing his whole life. And uh, he lost all of his ability to be a farmer anymore. Yeah. They're doing that all over the place. It's a big problem. Right. Have you heard about this? Not that I'm one. I'm sort of talking out of my ass. Yeah, but... no, I think I saw, well, I saw a documentary, um, I think called Seed. I'll look it up. But yeah. A lot of the similar stuff, and they show this big um, seed storage facility in the North Pole, I think, and they keep it, you know, everything on ice underground, because if there ever is, like, a huge global disaster and we lose our seeds for some reason, what are we going to do for food? It's kind of crazy to think about, but, yeah, yeah, that, and then, you know, all the chemicals and pesticides, and um, they've finally banned Roundup from, they don't sell it in Costco anymore, which is like a huge thing because everybody just buys Roundup and then sprays all their, their weeds and it's, yeah, it's killing off beneficial bugs and beneficial plants. It's just it's messing awful. with the whole ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, a lot of education out there and we're 
trying to do our little part in these little kids' brains and just even recycling, you know, like, where's this going to go? In a landfill to a recycling center? Can we repurpose it? You know, and they're getting it. It's cool. They're really excited about it. And we hope the message gets home to the parents. That's the problem is, you know, you can teach these kids about nutrition and good food as much as you want. But if the parent's not buying it, then, you know. But you know what? I think you still are planting a seed in the kids' brains. That's right. Like, they'll maybe come back to that on their own when they're yeah. older. Well, and giving them the power of, of knowledge and of choice, too. Yeah. Um, if they're at a lunch line and they understand, oh, there's the garden food versus, you know, the frozen peas. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're making good choices now, and that's empowering to them. What's wrong with they the like frozen that. peas? Yeah, not much, it's... but just, you know, <laughs> variety and learning about other things. Like, these kids love bok choy. Like, I had one mom come up and go on and on and on about how her family now eats so much bok choy. She cuts up the stems and puts them in the kids' lunch as if they're celery sticks. And it's like their new favorite food. They never would have known about it had it not been for the garden. Um, Kale is a huge thing. Kale chips, apple chips. We have a big dehydrator, so we made like all these kale chips and apple chips. Kids love those. Um, You know, just different varieties of vegetables and getting kids into cabbage we're going to do cabbage for st patrick's day um wow yeah so it's fun it's super That's so cool i wish we had that growing up yeah it's fun it's guess cool. what we had yeah what hoagies and grinders <laughs> we had we had um all the psas i also was talking about this with someone that we had so many cute little cartoons with commercials you know don't drown your food and mayonnaise and mustard and goop. What was that song? Do you remember that? Really? Yeah. And like <clears throat> brush your teeth, yuck mouth. They know. call me yuck mouth yeah. because I don't brush. So we had all these healthy. Those are all the schoolhouse rocks. Yeah. Schoolhouse rock kind of stuff. Teaching us, helping us in our morning cartoons. And there's kind of nothing like that for kids much anymore, I don't think. You know, the messages really? that are healthy. I don't know. Maybe PBS. But then your kids grow out of pe- watching KPBS or um you know, Sesame Street type stuff. They're just on their screens watching John Cena. Yeah. And then like sexy (laughs) pictures come up on the side and it's like, ugh, yeah. That happened to me. I was watching Harry Potter, but you could watch things free online. Mm -hmm. And my cat, of course, stepped on the computer. (laughs) (laughs) As usual. And it went right to weird, like (gasps) Japanese animated porn where there was just a lady at a big old weird like beast ding dong on the screen because i was watching if because you could type in like watch harry potter free online but then they have all these ads and but my cat stepped on it closed out the movie and suddenly oh, no. there was so on my big screen it was just like oh ah, like weird japanese and i was like ah but anyway i'm just saying my whole point is that weird stuff pops up all the time i know it's so scary and awful i know yeah. i know my poor kids it's like i'm sure the 13 year old has seen it i don't know i just hope uh, yeah you got to think that he's seen it though you have to probably not insulate it just i know i'm sure he's looking at stuff and i'm sure he's we just touching have to talk things. about it educate and we do check in his phone at night so it can't be the late night hours of alone in my room kind of stuff so no screens up in the bedrooms just but do you have the talks that really talk about sex and protection yeah because this is the time they're doing it even if they're sweet i know i don't know i've seen so many parents that are like 
still in denial, even though they're very smart and hip parents, still a little bit in denial that their kid would be doing that. I know. I guess I, I am. I think too. it must happen as a parent, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they start getting the girlfriend, I think would be the phase that it would start to matter. But he doesn't but a couple of girls have thought he's cute and i oh i took him to high school orientation did i tell you this Ooh, no yeah we went on was it wednesday and uh it was so cute it was so cool i mean he we parked and walked up and i had charlotte with me and then he was on my other side and i mean just wide-eyed when we walked on Whoa. campus it's just so big and he was like, I don't know where to go, Mom. I'm like, I don't either. Let's just follow the people and find some signs. So we walked Ugh. in. We walked into the gym. And it was amazing. It was this huge high school gym with all the banners everywhere. And the wow. drum line was down in front. And I was just wow. like, oh, my God, this is real. This is happening. Big, like, spirit rally kind of feeling. And, wow. oh, it just brought me back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Toby, I can't believe this is happening. My, like, scalp was all tingly. I'm like, you get to go to high school. This is so cool. And you're going to Was so he excited? Fun. Super excited. Yeah. And then we found his wow. little best friend. So we walked around with them the whole time. And we went to all the tables they had set up, all the different activities and groups. And um, he went up to the auto shop table because he and his buddy love cars. And so they're going to take auto shop together. It's so fun. Oh, wow. And then marching band. They're both going to do marching band. So it's cute. I think it's going to so be cool. a fun year for him. And he was pumped. He was kind of like proud of himself. It was cute. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah. Well, but- if he's involved in band too, that's especially that's like a nice direction. It's some little glue that holds you to. Right. Yeah. And I think it really puts you on a track too for, um, you have to travel together and do these competitions and stay on the up and up and get to school really early for practice. And so I think it'll keep him definitely busy. And is he playing saxophone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. A kid after my own heart. Right. I know. That's so cool. I mean, he could be, Oh God, uncle Bernie. Yeah, I know. Must love this. Uncle Bernie is Mouse's. What would you call him to you? He's great my husband's uncle, uncle. uncle-in-law. I don't know what he is to me. He's great Dave's uncle-in-law. Uncle. <laughs> great uncle. But he's like ninety now, right? Oh, I think ninety-eight. Like he's right oh, around a hundred. Yeah, and he was in World War Two and the whole thing. He's got all these stories, but he but is he was a, playing saxophone the whole time through yeah he's war got his and playing big bands right yep he's got his phd in music and so they call him the doctor and he or doc that's his nickname and he teaches at the schools in the area um right up until a couple of years ago i think he finally stopped but he still does private lessons and yeah clarinet and saxophone so he's all over he's toby amazing. every time we get together it's like you gotta do this it's cute yeah does toby practice a lot he doesn't. We need to get him a saxophone at home. He just uses the one at school because he doesn't like hoisting it up and onto the bus and back home and walking at home. Why don't you buy him one? Tell yeah. Him well, now that we know it's going to stick. Four hundred dollar one. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we know he's doing marching band, we'll we'll get it. Get him. Something. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just because he was. I know it's so hard to yeah. get someone to. Yeah. I, Did you? Yeah, you loved saxophone, right? But but you jumped around on different instruments and then found saxophone later. Is that? I was influenced by a cute boy, as usual. Oh, that's right. Everything in my, like, oh, 
This guy named Danny was playing Love Me Tender, and he was two years older at Bollinger Canyon on the saxophone. I was like, I want to do that. Oh. And so I learned Mr. Meehan, my third grade teacher. He was the best. He was so excited that I was playing sax because he did too. I think he taught all instruments, but he was like, became my big mentor guy. That's he was cute. so excited, and I learned how to play Love Me Tender, and I just called to say I love you. <laughs> and then... You know, it was the hot cross bun thing. I, I do remember, like, weird, hot just exercise ones. Yeah. But, man, once I started latching onto those cool songs, I was in a different world. Yay! I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just looking back at all our family pictures, there's little ones with your pigtails and your saxophone. and But then you did violin. I don't violin. think I have any sax pictures because I did violin. And yeah. You were the big flautist. Oh, yeah. We heard you my... You were more, like... You stuck two years longer and actually evolved. I jumped all over. Well, yeah, it went from third grade to eighth grade, and then I stopped. But, yeah, it's fun. It's it's in my brain. I can pick up a flute and look at music, and if it's pretty basic notes, I can still play. Like All right, let's do it. Let's no, hear it. Stop. We're going to insert a song. No, yes, I don't want to do this spot. anymore. No. Yes. No. No. No, you have to do it. And I I'm already gonna, did this. I saxophone. I already did this. You did this. not put insert a flute. I did. I inserted my flute, my... um. Remember? You don't even listen to our episodes back, do you? Uh-oh. Where was this? Sorry. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It was when we talked about the gophers. I was the Pied Piper leading all the gophers. Okay, okay. Can there. you put that one back in here again? No, not again. It's awful. Okay. Well, anyway, I think we're probably at our time. Yeah, we may be. You like how I did that? Yeah, I can't tell, but... Um, my birthday's coming up in 10 days. Woohoo! And it's on mom's birthday, so I need to send her a gift. I have to get what do you guys going. want for your birthdays? Nothing. Free time. Okay. I want to come up with you, and we'll go out to dinner and have fun. Okay. That's what I want. I love you. We should do a roving pocket. We should do a drive-around pocket. Okay. Like your friends who drive around. What is theirs called? Oh, um, yeah. Do you need a ride? Do you need a ride? Do you need a ride? Question mark. Yeah. Chris Fairbanks okay. and Karen Kilgariff of My Favorite Murder. And they're part of this new network that they started, the My Favorite Murder folks, called um, Exactly Right Media, I think. And so, yeah, this got picked up by them. And it's great. I love them. So. Hooray! I relate. All right. I love you. Love and you too. Social media, look at all of our stuff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, please. It would be lovely. That's it. It would be fun and you would support us. So thank you. That's right. Yes. And please tell your friends. That's the number one way we can get out there. If you take anything that we have on social media and just share it, we would love that. That would mean a lot. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Really? You can actually play that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Come on. Come on, who's this guitar dance in the house? I'm a sad, I'm a sad.